Hello and welcome to Gender and the Screen, the podcast. I'm April Austin. And I'm Nick Angus. In this podcast, we explore the issue of gender diversity in the Australian screen industry, particularly focusing on the representation of women in behind-the-camera roles. So that's directors, producers, writers and cinematographers, just to name a few. Throughout this series, we will be talking to female and male creatives and academics about their experiences with gender diversity. In this episode, we talk to director, screenwriter and actress Elise McCready. From Ride Like a Girl to Stateless, Elise's work in the industry has been both influential and outstanding. As well as winning two Australian Writers Guild Awards, Elise has worked on the actor-winning miniseries Sunshine, as well as the Emmy-winning ABC series Nowhere Boys. Her first feature film, Strange Fits of Passion, was selected to be showcased at the Cannes Film Festival and has additionally been nominated for numerous awards. Here she is now. To start our interview today, Elise, could you maybe tell us a little bit more about your favourite or most rewarding experiences you've had as part of your work in the Australian screen industry? Uh, Well, I made a film many years ago that I wrote and directed that was just a little film that was made for the ABC originally as a telly movie. And that film ended up going to Cannes and having this lovely life, um, very indie, small film. But it was just such a beautiful um, roller coaster of a journey. And, you know, I was entrusted, I was pretty young and I was entrusted to make this film and I'd never really directed and I hadn't been to film school. And my whole experience was really as an actor. So it was just a wonderful opportunity. It's very windy here. <laughs> my, my beautiful, glorious moment is now kind of, I'm in a bit of a tornado. Um, uh, and so that was just this, this lovely, experience really where I was entrusted to make it was a really low budget film um but it was the beginning too of my um journey behind the camera because I'd only ever been an actress before then um and so that yeah I, I will always hold that film it's called Strange Fits of Passion very fondly in my heart even though if I ever you know would rewatch it I'm sure I'd be appalled and sealed yeah. but the experience of it was was really special because it, it was basically um, the community uh, of filmmaking saying we trust you. Um, and then other great experiences I've had more recently with probably Sunshine would definitely be one of them, um, which was a collaboration with a, a long time friend of mine that I'd worked with in the theatre, Matt Cameron. Um, and that was just a fantastic uh, experience working with that, those communities, our Sydney's communities, Ezel Den Deng, who was a, an incredible cultural collaborator and just an amazing person, human, and, and just gave me such insight into the South Sudanese communities and what they're going through. And it was a, working with Ian Colley, the producer, and working with Matt. Um, it was just a really um, a joyful experience uh, in every way. Um, uh, stateless, obviously. Um, that's sort of probably the thing that the work I'm most proud of that I've done. Um, again, I was, it, it was my first job show running. So that's a big leap again from being a writer. And again, you know, the powers that they took that leap of faith that I could do that. And so, you know, along the way, I've had a lot of great mentors and people who've sort of just trusted me, even though I've been sort of feeling a bit imposter syndrome, they've been going, no, you can do that. You know, you can take that next leap. And so, um, 
I feel very, you know, lucky that I've had those people surrounding me to sort of cotton wool me and go, you know, you go, we trust you, you go. And yeah, you'll make mistakes, but that's okay. And um, also stateless, particularly because of the subject matter was very close to my heart and something I was very passionate about. Um, and so to, to get that show realised after so many years of work and start, uh, research, you know, five years of research and um, interviews was, you know, particularly gratifying and, and to have had, for it to have had the reception it's had, um, it's been amazing. And looking at your extensive experience, both in front of and behind the camera, how evident have you found gender diversity to be in the industry? You know, it's really interesting because I really started work in the 90s as an actor. So it really wasn't particularly at all um, in the 90s. Um, and I'm talking as an actress as well as crew because I can remember, I was thinking about it when I looked at your questions, you know, when I was going for roles in the 90s. So I, worked, so I went to VCA as an actor and then worked for probably about six years full time as an actor. Did a lot of television. Um, and there were always, you know, two female roles to probably at least 10 male in, every, in everything we'd got and so it was very competitive and you'd see the same you know female actors waiting in the waiting rooms to audition for every role and I remember always thought it was so unfair that you know that there'd be for two female roles there'd be at least 10 male roles uh, I think that's definitely changed and also behind the camera in those times in the 90s um, and early 2000s it, it it was yeah it was rare to have a female director there were a couple of great ones Kate Woods was was around then um but she was an exception rather than the rule and so um now there's so many more female directors and particularly australian fantastic australian female directors that are you know crushing it overseas and i think that that's massive shift from when i was starting out there were very few um female directors um in tv anyway and and very you know maybe slightly more in film but um, television definitely was very male dominated in terms of directors, DOPs, uh, entire crews, um, other than probably hair and makeup and costumes. But um, I think there's been a real shift. I mean, with Stateless, all of our heads of department except makeup were female. So, um, and our DOP Bonnie Elliott, she's, she's very active in making sure her camera crews are 50-50. So there's been, you know, a lot more female DOPs, a lot more um, uh, females working just in crews in, in, in general. So I think there's been in the last 15 years, like a massive shift from when I started out in the, in the mid nineties. And during these moments before the noticeable shift, what were the emotions like running through your head? What were you feeling at the time? Um, I think the reason I wrote my film, Strange Fits of Passion, was directly in relation to that feeling of the injustice of it. So I, I went, well, I can whinge about it or I can kind of put my money where my mouth is and actually try and write. I'd never written anything. Um, well, not, not in any professional way, like I'd maybe scribbled. But um, I just thought, oh, I'm going to just try and write a script. And to me, that was about um, not being a whinger and, and actually kind of trying to be active in, with the injustice that I felt. And... So to write a film with a female heroine that was, you know, I thought very feminist in its, in its um, subject matter. I hadn't seen that before. Um, yeah, so that, that really did come from that feeling of, of quiet fury. 
Elise, this is one of the main focus questions for our project. Why do you think gender diversity is so important in the Australian screen industry, in particular in behind the camera roles? Well, it's like in any industry, isn't it? Isn't gender diversity critical across all industries, particularly um, Parliament, you know, as we can see, if the world's run by men, it's not great. I think that the diversity in, in every area um, is, is critical and representation in film and TV is also particularly critical because little girls will watch and, you know, it's, it's a well-known mantra and maxim that, you know, you can't be what you can't see. So if there's no representation of you as a, as a woman or as a, from a different culture or whatever it is, or disability, then, you know, you feel invisible or silenced in society. And so film and television offer up um, representation. So if it's always going to be white men, uh, then that's really, a, you know, less than 50% of the population. So, um, we have, to, we have to shift that and we have to shift that in, in politics as well and in business and, you know, so many areas where that, um, that figure is, is unequal. So, Elise, Ride Like a Girl, a phenomenal film for which you were one of the writers, actually received Screen Australia's Gender Matters funding. How do you find the Gender Matters initiative and do you think it's a positive step forward for this issue at hand? Look, it was only a one-off. Um, I, I remember at the time thinking, oh, wouldn't this be great if they did this every year? Mm. Um, and I had two projects. I had that one and another one, uh, another TV series that got funded through it. So absolutely, it was a great initiative. Mm. Um, there was a lot of flack last year. You know, some academics worked out that despite Gender Matters in 2019, five of the feature films that were fully funded by um, Screen Australia were male creative teams. And that, that was seemed to me systemic when I was trying to get a second feature up after Strange Pits. It was almost impossible for me to get a second feature up. And I won't say it's because I'm a woman or because it was about female issues, but, you know, I'd watch seeing all those other films by male authors get up through the sort of 2000s. And, there, you know, there was a frustration in that. But I think that too comes down to the gatekeepers of, it's a very different model now, but then, you know, if distributors would would choose which films they wanted and they were largely white men in, in distribution. There was a real thing about not being able to get a second film made. You get your first chance and then uh, it was really, really, really hard to get a second film made, which is why I moved into TV, to be honest. Um, I just went, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this. I'm not, I'm not going to keep begging at the doors of, of distributors to have my, and they were female-focused stories. Um, made uh, you know and tv seemed a lot more friendly to, to stories about women and about things that i was interested in going on from that elise what more do you think needs to be done to address gender equality and to continue to promote it i think writers rooms even five years ago i don't think it was thought about but now i think that you know writers rooms need to have a balance i don't think now not sure but I think you'd struggle to have an all-male writer's room I think I think those sort of things where people even if it's not legal you know it's not something that's set in stone but the people are much more aware of I think is only valuable and that's happening now more with diversity across cultures you know which is also great because it's it's voices it's different voices and I think it, with Black Lives Matters I think people now in, when they're setting up writer's rooms are thinking okay oh wow it's all white whereas I think you know a year even a year ago um, people were not thinking like that. It was like, oh, well, we've got women now. And now people are going, oh, wait a minute. 
we've got women, but it's all white. So we've got to think, rethink that. And, you know, that can only be a good thing. When I think back five years ago, there were plenty of, five, ten years ago, plenty of all-male writers were and no one thought about it. Um, and now, fortunately, uh, women have, you know, a place at that table. And so now there's, there's other diversity that needs to take, take some of those chairs. Um, and I think that that's a good thing. And I do think the funding bodies, Screen Australia and Vic, et cetera, are really aware of that and are really, you know, consciously funding diversity. Because um, I don't think gender is diversity. Like, that's a different... Because we're not diverse. Mm. We're half the population. I get a bit annoyed when sort of female is put into diversity. I think they're, too, they're, they're very different, separate things because women are more than half of the population. So we're not diverse. There's nothing diverse about uh, gender. Um, so I, I kind of take umbrage that women and, you know, cultural diversity and disability are all put in the same um, basket because I think they're, they're, they're two really separate things. But in terms of, yeah, other, other things, well, that's why it'd be good to look at Bonnie's um, campaign, which is about yeah. having diverse crews um, and female uh, equality in, in camera crews. Things like that I think are important where people kind of think through... Um, you know, who, who, who are the heads of department, what gender they are, and if there are enough women mm. representative. Elise, you have been presented with an array of outstanding awards throughout your career, which is fantastic. Do you think winning these awards has actually helped create opportunities for other women in the industry, especially in behind-the-camera roles? I don't know if the awards do. I think more that, that women are just doing it does. You know, like, more yeah. that there's visibility around... Yeah. press around stories around um you know i'm not sure that specifically awards do but i think any publicity around women smashing it in in their chosen field you know whether that and maybe that comes because so and so's won an emmy for um uh, a costume you know and therefore there's an article about that and you know that 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 brings attention to you know that women are great at, at um, heads of being being head of costume, whatever it is. So in that sense, any sort of um, media kind of publicity is good, but I don't know awards per se particularly. I think it's more that there are, like you guys are writing stuff, that there's there's dialogue around it, that there's articles written around representation, that, that, um, that uh, what's on screen is as important as what's behind the camera because then you're seeing female stories. So you're seeing um, in cinemas and on television, so younger women who are wanting to get in the industry can watch something on Netflix that's, say, Australian, and it's, you know, it's got an, a really interesting female heroine, and then they look at it and go, oh, wow, a woman wrote that, and a woman directed that, and if they want to, you know, dig further, oh, well, it was a DOP, it was a woman as well. But I think seeing something like, if I was, you know, starting out, It'd be seeing shows like that um, that were easily available. Um, that would be the thing that would be inspiring rather than so and so's won an award or something. I, I just think it's more that you, you're getting that we, as women, we're getting the work out there, and that that's the inspiration. Thank you so much for your time today, Elise. It's been fantastic talking to you and hearing about your own journey in the Australian screen industry. Was there anything else you wanted to add that you felt you hadn't touched on? No, I don't think so. I just think um, it all starts 
for me too with the writing. So I think, you know, for all those women out there that want to, want to work in the film industry as writers, I think that female stories are, it's a good time and, and those stories are being valued and to not ever think that they are lesser um, or not as important because they have female subject matter, which was tradition, traditionally has been kind of relegated to, um, you know, women, women's stories. And I think we're moving beyond that and we should all kind of grasp that and go, yeah. Thank you so much, Elise, for your time and for sharing your insights on this topic. We've been your hosts, Nick Angus and April Austin. If you enjoyed this interview, make sure to tune into our other episodes where we sit down for a chat with the likes of distinguished television producers Denise Erickson and Esther Coleman-Hawkins and cinematographer Katie Milwright, and we hear about their experiences with gender diversity in the Australian screen industry. Lastly, thank you to Jason Markutsis for the music used in this podcast, and thank you for taking the time to listen.